0: hotter than health podcast a plant dominant podcast for those looking to expand and elevate their lives each week we will bring you provocative conversations and topics entertaining interviews and some of the biggest names in health and wellness to answer your burning questions you will leave each episode with tangible tips and takeaways and understand what it truly means to live an energized and optimized life hello hello thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of hotter than health we are getting close to episode 200 i am jazzed so happy couldn't couldn't be more pleased today we have a solo episode we are talking all about metabolism i made a post about this or a story the other day and there were so many comments so i'm sorry DMs and so much feedback. I asked you guys what you wanted to hear about, and you said metabolism. You had some really great questions that we're going to get into today. So, again, this is anecdotal as well as informative and hopefully a little entertaining. But if you think that you have issues with your metabolism, then of course you would want to go consult a functional medicine practitioner or functional medicine doctor regular doctor. Uh, but doing your own research and making sure that you're not just... What I want to avoid with this episode essentially is having people think that... I don't want anyone to spiral. I don't want anyone to think that because they are feeling tired or because they are not at the exact space where they want to be, either fitness-wise or whatever it is. I, I just don't want anyone to get into their own heads and think, oh my gosh, I must have a slow metabolism because chances are you could just be exhausted or chances are you're overthinking something or maybe you really do and you want to take that more seriously and go checked out, get checked out by a doctor. Not medical advice. Uh, I shouldn't have to have that as a disclaimer, but I do. But either way, this is from a holistic nutrition perspective. Okay, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to quickly shout out the review of the week. You know that reviews of the week are based on the iTunes, not iTunes, the Apple podcast reviews. And if you want to be included in the review of the week for your chance to win a hotter than health tote bag, then all you have to do is make sure you are subscribed on Spotify and on Apple podcast. And once you are, you leave a review and you'll be good to go and you'll be entered in. But The review of the week is (laughs) from Mads1022. Eliza has so many great guests from the South Carolina area. I live in Charleston, so I love hearing from our local influencers. And Eliza has so much knowledge about health and wellness for women of all ages. That is so true, Madison. We really do have so much knowledge and information for women of all ages and people of all ages, you know? But thank you so much for that review. Let me know if that is you. Let me know via DM on Instagram at Eliza G underscore wellness or hotter than health podcast. I will send you a tote and some green juice packets. I'll send you some swag and some of the PR boxes, PR treats that we get. Uh, again, I've said this since 2017. When I say we, I mean myself, me. It's <laughs> I don't have a team. <laughs> it's just a just girl. I've been solo producing this for the past four years. And Dave has been on vacation. Just kidding. Oh my God, he would kill me if I said that. But he, <laughs> Dave, who has been helping edit the podcast for the past couple of months, has been... Uh, he has been unable to do so because he has just been killing it at work. So keep going, Dave, but come back. Please come back. (laughs) But I'm thrilled about this episode. If this is your first time, then welcome. Sit back. Relax. Hope you're going for a walk. The goal of these is to make them concise and digestible, and I want you to leave with as much takeaway information as possible. Let's get into today's episode. We'll start with the first question that I got based on your questions from uh, Instagram. Someone asked, does having high cortisol mean slow metabolism? I want to talk to you a little about a product that we haven't discussed much before. You've heard me talk about the protein. You definitely heard me talk about the green juice. But let's talk about skin. Your best complexion starts on the inside. We all know this. So there's a vegan superfood blend to daily hydrate your skin, moisturize, and support your body's natural collagen production and elasticity. It's called Organifi Glow. Glow helps replenish your skin for a radiant, refreshed look with a delicious raspberry lemonade taste, plus it's rich in antioxidants to help fight wrinkle-causing free radicals, which we love. So some of its key benefits, of course it's organic, but 12 plant-based superfoods for an organic and vegan collagen support blend. People ask me all the time, how do I... Uh, deal with collagen. Do I eat collagen? Do I consume it? No, I just consume plant-based, plant-rich, nutrient-dense foods that help support my natural collagen production as well as maintain what I already have. It has a synergistic blend to support hydration, collagen production, and elasticity. It is protection from sun exposure and toxins. It also contains skin revitalizing compounds, and it helps, again, like I said, with hydration and moisture and supports your collagen. collagen production. I keep saying it and I keep meaning it. So some of the things that I really love about it is that it has one ingredient called the tremella mushroom. So the tremella mushroom provides, uh, you're not going to believe this, five times the hydration of hyaluronic acid, which is extremely popular in the top selling skin products. You've all heard about hyaluronic acid, but this has five times the hydration, the tremella mushroom. So that's just one of the amazing, amazing benefits as well as one of the amazing ingredients. In the Organifi Glow. So, this is USDA organic, gluten free, glyphosate residue free, dairy free, soy free, vegan, non GMO, clinically proven ingredients, and 100% organic whole foods. You cannot get better than that. Remember, you have tried the other products, you trust them, you love them. Now it's time to uplift your skin. Try Organifi Glow. Just go to slash backslash hotter HTH, excuse me. It's Organifi.com backslash HTH. You'll get 20% off of any products. Highly recommend this glow. It is delicious. You will love to travel with it. And if you're someone who doesn't like to drink a lot of water, but you still want the benefits of hydration for your skin, this is the product for you. Again, use code HTH at checkout or click on the link in the show notes to be directly sent for Organifi Glow. Enjoy. If you're not familiar with what cortisol is it is the stress hormone it's a sorry one second awesome i am so great at doing this by myself but either way uh cortisol is the stress hormone it is the hormone that we uh, produce Most often in the morning, uh, it is our fight or flight hormone. And when it is out of balance, when we are having like an overproduction of cortisol and our cortisol levels are high consistently, typically that means we are in a constant state of stress. Maybe you are getting very little sleep. Maybe other hormones are out of balance. You are uh, having probably spikes in blood sugar, anxious, and it could even be uh, holding on to just lower abdominal belly fat and losing weight everywhere else. There's a lot of signs that point to that. So essentially, cortisol is the stress hormone. When the body is stressed, it is challenging to prioritize your muscle and your fat burning and your overall well being because it's just in essentially survival mode. Cortisol is healthy. We want to have it. We need it. It keeps us alive, it protects us, and it keeps us alert when we need to be. But an overproduction of anything, again, modif- moderation is everything. So if there's an overproduction of cortisol, then that can cause some issues. One of the issues that can come from this is potentially a slowed metabolism and this isn't this can come from a couple of different ways when cortisol levels are high we are not like i said prioritizing our essential body functions and even especially the aesthetic body functions. You might notice that if you're super stressed, your skin starts to break out. You might notice that if you are feeling extra stressed, then you're not sleeping as well and you're anxious. Uh, All of these things lend themselves to duller skin, thinning hair and nails. Uh, You could have cystic acne, different breakouts like that. You could also just have extremely low energy or energy that comes in really sharp, bursts. So you wake up with all this intense anxiety and then you're crashing midday and then you're so tired at night, but you just cannot fall asleep. One other thing that happens when our cortisol levels are extremely high is it's tough for our body to hang on to muscle. And and let me, I used this analogy, I've used it so many times, especially with nutrition clients, that if you picture yourself with two boxes, or I'm sorry, two suitcases, one in each hand, and you are in the middle of a desert. The boxes are going to represent muscle. If you are being chased by a cheetah or a lion, whatever the fuck a safari animal, if you're being chased by an animal, chances are you're not going to try and lug these two suitcases with you. You're going to drop them and run. You need to get out of there and get to safety as quick as possible. This analogy represents the body needing to work extra extra hard to hold on to muscle. So if it's already needing to prioritize keeping you safe, alive, alert because you're under so much so much stress, then it's not going to prioritize holding on to muscle. Muscle it, it's challenging to build and it's challenging to hold on to. So it's not going to be your body's first priority to hold on to a bunch of muscle because it's it's a aesthetic and uh, it's a hot commodity. So we want to make sure that we are keeping our stress levels to a minimum when possible. Uh, this is definitely going to require some some of us to take a look inward, look at our stress levels, not just from work, not just from our friends, but are you sleeping? Are you eating enough? All those different things. Uh, are you doing like two crazy intense workouts a day? You need to just cool it a little bit. So your body may not be building muscle or holding on to muscle; it might only be storing fat because. You have high cortisol levels, or a consistent amount of high cortisol levels for months and months at a time. Uh, that can definitely cause uh, that can definitely cause a slowed metabolism. I hope that answers your question. So cortisol, when it's out of whack, can be disruptive to your metabolism. How do you know the speed of your metabolism? This is a great question. Also, I want to shout out Taylor Longbottom. She is. She's my she's my best friend and she is if you live in Charleston, chances are you know who Taylor is. Uh she is just she's just the greatest guys. She manages I say manages, but she runs <laughs> to the Hilo fitness studio in West Ashley. And she is just so balls deep in the process, in the community, and supports everyone and Uh, Just a huge shout out to Taylor Longbottom. I'm actually going to have her on the podcast and we're going to do, we're going to do just a fun, lighthearted Charleston. uh, (laughs) We're going to do a full Charleston dedicated episode, I think. And we're going to pull some, honestly, just some like toxic, funny questions. And either way. So shout out to Taylor Longbottom. The question was, (laughs) holy tangent. The question was, how do you know the speed of your metabolism? There's not... One specific way that's going to give you a perfect number. However, you can, this is the way that I've learned it and the way that I've represented it to people so that, you know, if they are trying to get a high level view of what their metabolism might be, what their, how, how many calories to be consuming on a daily basis and how many they're burning maybe on a daily basis. So what you're looking at here is your resting metabolic rate. Your resting metabolic rate is if you were to sit on a couch, blink, breathe, and not really move all day long, how many calories would you be burning at rest? Let's say, and I'm using these numbers just for easy math because, I mean, I was not in the smart math classes. I took the SAT at five different times, ACT, and uh, pro- progressively got worse every time. Numbers aren't my thing. I don't prefer to talk about them, but so we're doing high level numbers here. Let's say you weigh, let's say you weigh 100 pounds. If you are just laying on the couch all day long, just b- blinking, breathing, not working out, not really moving, just at rest, chances are approximately burning a thousand natural calories per day. Now that doesn't count if you get up and you go for a walk, or you get up and you even open your car door, you burn one calorie. Like all of these little things build up. So you can assume that you're naturally building burning more than that. So it it ends up being an approximation around uh, an average body type. Like if you're an extreme athlete and you have a lot of muscle, then of course you're going to be burning more natural calories. This is just for your average American human. Or if you're in Canada or if you're in Australia listening, hello. Hi. Oh my gosh. You know what's wild is I actually saw that there was, Uh, I got my chartable information. In, again, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, we tangent. So there was a Notification that I got that gives me the chart. uh, It gives me my chart positions for the podcast. And there was Spain, France, Australia was actually out last week. That's a bummer. Canada. Canada's actually crushing. And then, of course, the United States. But then we were up three spots, top 100 in Uruguay. And then the week before that, we were in, I want to say, uh, I want to say Nigeria. And I was just so, so pleased to see that. I, I don't know if people are traveling. I don't know if that is just real, like, hey, we're searching about metabolism and we found you in Uruguay, but keep listening. Thank you so much. That's amazing. If that's you, please send me a DM. That's that's cool. Uh, back to the question, <laughs> which was resting metabolic rate. Let's just say for the average American human, um, just know that if you are an active person and you uh, are contributing to calories by like weight training, you're eating consistently, then you're naturally going to burn more than your body weight plus a zero. So again, like 100 pounds, add a zero to that. Think of it like that. If you are listening to this podcast, chances are you have some sort of mindset tendency proclivity towards fitness, wellness, movement, lifestyle, that type of situation. Otherwise, you probably would not be here uh, or you at least have the desire to get into it. Now, if you are working out three to four times per week at some sort of intense level, then yeah, you're naturally going to be burning a little bit more. If you are a pretty sedentary person, maybe a walk or two for 20 minutes a couple times per week, then it, it might be that you are naturally more around that level, unless you have a really high, high naturally uh, naturally high metabolism, and you probably would be able to tell that pretty easily off the bat. But when you are working out, doing, let's say, a HIIT workout for 30 minutes, or you're doing a heavy resistance training workout, um, let's say you burn 300 calories during any one of those workouts, yes. That means that you have burned 1,300 calories that day. Again, using the 100-pound person. Uh, that means that you have burned about 1,300 calories per day actively. But that is not including the calories that are being burned by all of the extra meals, by the walking, just by using your brain power. It's not counting the uh, the natural everyday caloric expenditure that you are that you're putting out just by walking to your car, running an errand, uh, making dinner—all of these things. So, just because let's say you weigh hundred pounds, does not mean you should only be eating a thousand calories per day. Especially if you're working out. Um, if you're sick and you have zero appetite, of course those different those days are going to be different. But on any average day, I'm not going to be telling anyone who like how much to actually eat unless I know what is going on with your body, with your lifestyle, with your dynamics. But that is an approximation of how you can think about your resting metabolic rate and the speed of your metabolism. Now, if you are able to track it like on your whoop watch or if you have some type of wearable fitness technology it might tell you some people it it takes longer for them to burn calories some people will do one workout uh and multiple people will check their watches some people burn 500 that workout some people burn two and they're like oh my god I'm not good enough blah 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 I fucking hate wearable technology I'm uh, look yeah maybe unpopular opinion I would do if I were to be check it out, Aura. I would honestly only wear the Aura ring because it's not sending me notifications. I don't see it and look at it and see numbers and trackers and telling me what to do. Oh my God, stand up, breathe. I will be mindful enough on on our own. We don't need robots making us robotic and losing our intuition towards movement. If I've been sitting all day, then yes, I know I need to walk. Having an app on my computer, whatever. They're just not for me. That's my personal opinion. I would wear an aura ring because I would love to track my sleep because that is a huge, 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 big fat contributor to metabolism. But I do think that wearable technology is making really, uh, blinding people, desensitizing people to their own ability to understand what their body is telling them. Okay. The next question is, uh, Actually, we're skipping that one. Okay. Do I start my day with fruit on an empty stomach? Does it spike my blood sugar? I don't know. Does it? Just kidding. So I have in the past two years, not really talked about food combining as much. And when I first started the podcast, I thought food combining was the coolest thing ever. And a lot of it does still hold true for me. I think that Personally, I do not practice it uh, with as much rigidity as I used to. For some people, it's extremely natural. We had Kenzie Burke on the podcast a few uh, last month. So go listen back to that one. We talk about, we talk a little bit about food combining in her history with it, but uh, with the food combining, it just wasn't, a good fit. I think that my body needed more balance in meals because I found myself crashing and craving. It it wasn't a fit for me at that time, but I still do practice some of the things that it preaches. Things like eating fruit on an empty stomach because I think that I have sensitive digestion. I think a lot of people do, especially women. And I say that because it's just the way that we are produced. Technically, oftentimes men have a higher metabolism, higher rate of burning food up, which is why you could, which is why men can fucking have a meal and then go poop 20 minutes later, whereas women are like, we got one a day, we're feeling amazing, like start the day off with a good poop or a good conference call, and uh, I mean you can, we're untouchable, but men go three times a day, four, and it's all totally normal, fine. I just don't get it. It's such bullshit. It is honestly, I just men are trash. Anyways, sorry, Jake, to talk about your bowel movements. But the, what I would say is fruit on an empty stomach, I think is a really beneficial way to think. Uh, Not as much with, personally, with me for dark berries and things like that. Those have such a high amount of fiber and antioxidant and water that, uh, and low fermentation rate compared to other fruits that I think those are fine to have with other meals. When it comes to things like apples, melons, pears, and things with a little more uh, fiber, higher uh, fermenting rates, those become more challenging in the digestive situation. So those I would say eat on an empty stomach. But having just fruit in the morning with nothing else, of course it will spike your blood sugar level because you're physically consuming sugar. However, I think that fruit is such an amazing vessel because it's naturally wrapped and from nature with its own its own skin, its own protection. Think of a watermelon, think of an avocado. It's got this skin, it's got this peel. Citrus fruits amazing and they naturally are wrapped in fiber. So you have the natural sugars but the sugars are wrapped in fiber. So having more whole foods based things, like if you were just to have a juice or if you were just to have uh, like an apple juice in the morning, even a green juice, unless it's mostly vegetables, then yes, it's going to spike your blood sugar because there's not that fiber to slow down the absorption of sugar. Now, this is something that, again, You'll have to be more intuitive with it. If you are noticing that, let's say you're having a bowl of fruit with, uh, let's just say fruit. Let's say in the morning you have a banana and then you have some berries and then you know that you're able to have your next meal maybe two hours later. That probably won't be that big of a deal because two hours is not too much. Maybe you had enough calories from the fruit that it did fill you up just a little bit. However, if you're just having a banana and that's essentially your breakfast, maybe you have a cup of coffee with it. You've had a little bit of water. But with that, you are setting yourself up for having mostly sugar in the morning Yes, it has a little bit of that fiber, but if you are banking on that lasting you three to four hours, if you are at maybe a desk job and you're super, super sedentary and you don't really work out that much, maybe maybe that would be enough calorically. However, I do still find most often with clients that people who start with a high fruit breakfast or any type of high carbohydrate breakfast tend to... Crash more easily and crave more carbs, sugar, processed foods later on in the day. And what I mean by that is when you're having that sugar crash, you're gonna, there is nothing worse than being tired. Like it is torture to be at work and you feel like your eyes are shutting. You wanna, it's, we call it like puke sick. You're so incredibly tired that you just wanna throw up. And so what do you do? You reach for, a sugary coffee or you reach for a banana or you reach for fruit. And I'm telling you, bananas are amazing. They're great. I love them. We have them at the house. Like it's not a villainizing fruit situation. It is about balance. If you know that you're just going for a workout, then yeah, having a banana is killer. That's great. It's not going to be taxing on your digestion. It is going to be uh, easy to process and maybe you have half of it. It gives you enough uh, of a sugar spike to give you a little bit of energy for that workout. It gives it gives you some carbohydrates to burn and use as active energy. However, if you're using this and then going into the office and you're not going to eat again until noon, chances are, <laughs> hello, Jack, chances are you are going to be really hungry really fast. Oh my God. Fully, he, Jack just walked in here, farted, left, and oh my God. Senior dogs are no joke. And it, honest to God, fucking reeks in here. And I bet, oh my God, Jack, I can't even look. Uh, he has been having loose bowels for the past, oh my God, hang on. Uh, wow, that isn't what I was expecting. You know what's crazy about podcasts is that I could stop this at any point, hop back on, and you will have no idea what just happened. But don't worry, I will tell you. Uh, that was a really, that was a very sad uh, moment over here so our dog Jack is 15. I'm sorry, he'll be 15 in December, and older dogs just have trouble telling you and communicating what's going on with them, and so anyways, that was just sad. He was a little bit sick, and it's really hard to see dogs getting older, Uh, especially when He's so happy and calm and peaceful, and he still moves around, and he still wants his food. It's just really hard to see. What were we talking about? Okay. Uh, And also, if you hear him, I put his bed right behind me. So hopefully he comes in here and just lays down. I feel like he's in a little bit of that shock mode. So here's an example. Cortisol levels were just extremely high for him because he got physically sick, and he, Jack the dog, was in a state of fight or flight. So his body was prioritizing just keeping him alive and surviving and making sure he's okay. (laughs) So could have lowered his metabolism a little bit, but (laughs) terrible example. Anyways, uh, when we talk about blood sugar, if you know that you have a snack later on that you that is balanced maybe you have some fruit and nut mix that you can have an hour or two later after the banana maybe you just need it for some quick energy uh i would still say that if you don't have plans to work out close to the time of having that fruit in the morning maybe it would be beneficial to have uh maybe a piece of toast with almond butter on top of it with that fruit. I still think having fruit on an empty stomach is a beautiful, amazing way to start the day. But just know that if you tend to get really tired throughout the day or you don't prioritize balanced meals, then it could be more of a blood sugar spike situation and you crash a little more easily. And that could also lend itself to thinking, oh, maybe I am, but but I'm kind of fasting. But you're kind of not. But we'll, we'll talk about intermittent fasting in a second. I would say having a more balanced breakfast would be a better fit for if you are going into work really early. And I would either say fast for a little bit longer and have like no sugar in the coffee or have more of a balanced breakfast that will tide you over. So carb, fat, protein, fiber, maybe in a smoothie, maybe in a big in like some egg bites with veggies that might be a better fit but if you have fruit and then maybe half an hour later you have a little bit more food or or even an hour later I think that that's all good that is totally fine but if you're just having fruit as your main meal and you know it's going to be three or so hours before your next meal three four then yeah I would be I would be cautious about that oh good boy oh nope he has decided against it he'll come back And I know that having audio is really a big deal, or I'm sorry, having high quality audio is a really big deal. And I'm a big stickler about it when I listen to other people's podcasts, but, uh, I'm doing the best that I can. Okay. This next question, I have two more questions. Uh, the next question that we got was just intermittent fasting. I'm going to touch on this. If you look back in any of my episodes, especially starting from the beginning, we do talk a lot about intermittent fasting and I'm not here to say I don't like it. I'm not here to say that I love it. I'm just here to talk a little bit about it and what I have seen from it. I think that if you have just full stop, if you have struggled with eating disorders or if you're someone who really, really, really obsesses over eating to the point where it is impacting your plans, your life, your mindset, then I would... I would take a look at that before, uh, before restricting food and eating windows for sure. Now, intermittent fasting is not just fasting. It is, it is not just not eating. It is prioritizing and uh, designating certain times of day for your eating periods or a certain time of day. Usually people will have I think it's a sixteen eight where they have sixteen hours of fasting, eight hours of eating, meaning that if you go to if you have your first, if you have dinner at six PM, then six, seven, eight, nine, 10, Is that twelve? So maybe at ten AM you would break your fast. So that would be sixteen hours of not eating and then from ten AM until six PM that night again, then you're having your breakfast, lunch and dinner or whatever calories you're consuming that day. Does this affect metabolism? There are ways, There are, let's just say this, there are ways for everything to a- affect your metabolism. Like, fuck, if you get a boob job and you're out of the game for three, four weeks and you're just laying there eating soup, then yeah, your metabolism is going to slow a little because you probably don't need it to be working that hard it's it'll go back to normal eventually once you kind of get back into the normal life it'll adapt with you but j- just know that oh God, just know that your metabolism can be affected by so much specifically restricting eating windows there are ways to do intermittent pr- fasting properly and again i'm not a doctor i'm not telling you how to do it what to do but there are also really ways to for it to be catastrophic to your metabolism when you do intermittent fasting properly, intermittent fasting properly, it does have a lot of really great benefits to it. Uh, it can increase a few of the different several fat burning hormones. So insulin, which is one of the main hormones in fat metabolism, so it helps your body from. Uh, it basically helps your body stop breaking fat down to be stored. Uh, This could also be really helpful for lowering insulin levels. It's been shown to help with type 2 diabetes and obesity, heart disease, and cancers. Uh, A lot of the time, it is because your body, when when it is in a fasted state, let's say you had dinner at 7 p.m., it's 7 a.m. now, and you still haven't had anything. So you have that 12-hour fasting window. That is a time for your body to be prioritizing its uh, it's it's thyroid function. It's cortisol function, making sure that it's digesting everything properly. It's working on uh, your brain cells. It's working on every cell in your body, cleaning it up. It's basically a deep, clean opportunity for your body because the body, it, it's not just, oh, you chew and then you swallow and then your stomach digests and then you poop it out. There's so many other factors that go into eating. It's your, it's your, hunger hormones are rising which can disrupt other hormones or it it triggers your body to react a certain way and say okay we need to be in this state of rest and digest like there are a lot of different compounds and a lot of different a lot of different functions that are happening in your body when you're eating uh, so giving your body a break is I mean it's like anything else in the world you're going to get burnt out. If you're having food every two hours of the day and you're not giving your body any single rest, then chances are, maybe that works really well for you, but uh, chances are your body needs a quick break (laughs) and it needs that time, maybe 12 hours, to fully digest, to clear itself out, to really help produce other fat-burning hormones such as insulin, like we just mentioned, human growth hormone, which of course, is like what shows up on a pregnancy test when you if you pee on the stick and you have a bunch of human growth hormone in your uh, in your pee like a crazy amount, then it's because you're growing another human. Uh, but Human growth hormone (HGH) it's definitely important in promoting fat loss. That is really developed in this in the nighttime when you're sleeping. So if you have been told like human growth hormone needs to rise, or if you're working on that, then having really really high quality sleep hygiene and sleep practices is a really awesome. Uh, it's it's a huge contributor. I I don't see people. Often, who have really great sleep habits, struggling with crazy cravings, crashing. I don't see that. It's not just because, oh, I didn't get enough sleep. It's because that affects other hormones that help to keep you alert and uh, without crashing. So there's also norepinephrine, which is a stress hormone that improves alertness and attention. Uh, So this is the fight or flight response. But again it can have a lot of other effects on your body so we want to make sure that the rise is appropriate so that's why you hear a lot of people when they are doing intermittent fasting they say oh my gosh i'm so i'm so alert i'm so clear i can focus so well it feels like i'm almost on Adderall that's when you are at a certain point of that fast <laughs> and when you are at that point that's when that norepinephrine norepinephrine is rising rising I do also want to say this. Women and men have definitely have, can have different experiences with intermittent fasting. Men typically, I say typically based on anecdotal evidence, a lot of people that I've worked with, men can intermittent fast for, they can have that 12 hour window and lose, you know, six pounds in a week. It's just men's metabolism is a little bit different. Their body levels, they can handle fasting a little bit uh, more easily. But with intermittent intermittent fasting for women, what we want want to be really careful of is because we need certain amount of carbs, fat, protein, we need a certain amount of blood sugar level. By having too long of a window or doing it at the wrong stage of your cycle or doing it when you are doing these crazy workouts or having, you know, not even crazy, but just really consistent workouts every single day and not not maybe sleeping enough or having other stressors on your body, having intermittent fasting can cause your body to go into too much stress, which is going to take us back full circle to the first question, does cortisol affect metabolism? Yes, it does. So if your cortisol levels are extremely high based on intermittent fasting, maybe for too long, maybe you haven't had enough calories during your eating window, there are a lot of different factors, or or maybe you're having... Your regular coffee with sugar, so your blood sugar is spiking, but then you're not having any fiber or fat or protein from your from your meals because you're like, oh nope, I had my coffee, but I still have to wait three and a half, four more hours before my eating window is over or begins. That is going to put your body into a state of stress, which is going to in actual in actuality make you hold on to fat and not be able to produce muscle. Now we think of muscle and we think Arnold Schwarzenegger. We think these huge, big muscles, and then we think of, you know, having having no muscle as just being this really scrawny looking wet noodle. But that's not really the case. So muscle five pounds of muscle, I'm sure you've all heard this before. Five pounds of muscle weighs more than five pounds of fat. But It's the size of your fist, whereas five pounds of fat is the size of my computer board. It spreads out. So having muscle is a natural calorie burner. So having natural muscle is a great way to promote and support a healthy metabolism and a fast metabolism. Uh, But in order to build muscle, we need sleep. We need recovery. We need adequate food. So all of these things really, you, you can't be torturing your body and then expect to have muscles and low stress and all of these things or at least for a long period of time like if you are going to bed at midnight waking up at 5 just to crush a workout you're drinking on the weekends but you're restricting calories but you're still having your wine so you're not really sleeping that well even if you think you're sleeping well it, all of these things will add up i wanted to end this episode by having one topic of what are the best ways to naturally increase increase and support your metabolism this is going to be a summation of what we spoke about on this episode first thing eating at regular times and working out when your body has a schedule and working out at a certain time when your body has a certain schedule and it can expect to be fed approximately around the same time then it's not going to get in a state of stress and panic it's no it's like oh I know I'm going to get fed in about 30 minutes, so I'm not going to get super hunger, stomach hunger. What am I saying? (laughs) Hunger, stomach aches. I'm not going to get headaches. I'm not going to freak out. I'm not going to get super hangry. I just know that I don't need to get in this state of fight or flight because I know I'm going to be fed soon. And I'm also... Not scared that we're in this crazy famine, so I'm not gonna hold on to fat. I'm going to continue burning the way that I'm normally burning because I can anticipate food coming soon. So that's why I try and eat around nine each morning because I'll wake up around six thirty uh typically between nine and ten whenever my workout is. but I try not to eat less than an hour after my workout because I know that I know that if I go too long without eating, then I can tell my body is like, I can tell, not that I'm, oh, breaking down, but I can tell that later on I'm going to be binging, crashing, craving. I'm going to eat an entire bag of tortilla chips just when I'm cooking dinner. Those are the kind of nights. So even though if I'm not super starving at that moment, I still have like a smaller balanced breakfast an hour after my workout. Protein, carb, fat, and fiber. Again, I still do this plant dominantly to this morning. I did... I mean, I was like a baby back bitch during my workout this morning. Honestly, I drove to baseline. I'm five days out from my period. My body was just tired, but I did do some squats. I did do a couple deadlifts and nothing wild. I was there for maybe 25 minutes. It was, I just did what I did, but I'm going to go for a long walk later so I can get a little sweat and sunshine in. But So after that, I did a gluten-free bagel toasted with a tablespoon of vegan cream cheese just because it's really been hitting the spot lately. And I saw Melissa Wood Health doing it. So I bought it and got some vegan cream cheese, a ton. I did some, a bunch of spinach, one egg. Um, I like a bunch of spinach, two massive, huge handfuls, steamed that one egg, a bunch of tomato on there, half of an avocado and sliced that up. That was my breakfast. It was so great. I was, I'm super satisfied. I had that around nine and I'm Well, no, I'm sorry, I had that around 10. It's been almost three hours and I'm still feeling really, really good. I also wasn't doing a bunch of sugar in my coffee. I'm well hydrated. Those are also contributing factors. So highly recommend making sure that you're eating around the same times each day. And if you're like, oh, well, it's already three o'clock and I haven't had lunch. No, no, no. I, I'm just gonna wait all the way until dinner, but I'll have some chips. No, 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 you don't wanna just go reach for a handful of chips that's gonna spike your blood sugar, make you crash and crave later, you're gonna be super tired, you're gonna overeat later, but you're actually only overeating that one meal, which is gonna make your body go, what the fuck, this is a huge meal, so should I expect this much food every night? And then you're gonna be out of balance. So having as much balance, same with working out. So if you plan on working out, let's say you work out at seven every single morning, If you work out consistently seven in the morning for like two weeks in a row, by the end of that second week, your body is naturally going to give you an extra boost of energy at that time. It's anticipatory energy and your body can anticipate that you are about to go burn calories or even go for a walk. Any type of uh, dedicated movement during that time, your body will naturally provide you with a surge of energy at that time. Whether or not that's maybe 30 minutes off, 45 minutes off, you'll still be pretty fine. But Knowing that your body is anticipating that and giving it its regular cycle, highly recommend. Eating enough is a really, really big one. And I actually have a long list here, but making sure that you're eating enough, again, if your body thinks it's in that state of famine, then you're not going to be burning in the same way. So you might hear a lot of people say, you know, eat eat less calories calories in versus calories out but also knowing your body like are you actually working out it's not just oh I woke up went for a walk went to a hot yoga class and then I worked all day long and then you only had like one piece of avocado toast you had a bowl of soup for breakfast for lunch and then at dinner you had a big salad with a little bit of protein like you're probably going to need more than that and I'm not saying that that's wrong but I'm saying that if you are working on building lean, strong bodies and muscle and making sure that your metabolism stays strong and healthy, then eating enough and eating big, larger, balanced meals is going to be your best friend. It won't put your body in a state of panic or shock that it's not being fed for a certain amount of time resistance training and occasional hip training, Uh, resistance training with weights. And it doesn't have to be like powerlifting, lifting. I was using just the barbell for my squats today. And then I put on 15 pound plates on each side. For some people, that's a lot. For some people, that's not enough at all. But it's what felt good today. I was able to knock out 10 to 12 reps for like four rounds. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to jump around today. I'm not in the stage of my cycle where I want to be doing that. But still, conscious resistance training is a fantastic way to boost the metabolism. There have been countless studies. I really highly recommend looking into how resistance training can boost metabolism. It's a great way to help prevent against osteoporosis. It's a great way to keep your skeletal muscle strong, uh, lengthening, strengthening, but this all goes with recovery. It also goes with stretching, making sure that you're warmed up and you're doing things with proper form. Uh, So even if it's using five pound weights or 120 pound weights for your entire workout, having some type of resistance in your training will benefit your levels of human growth hormone. It will also boost small levels of testosterone in women, but it's not not enough to bulk. Don't worry about it. You're not going to grow a fucking mustache. You're, men, relax. It doesn't mean you're going to... Actually, you know what? Men always want to have like a high sex drive. So yeah, honestly, go lift legs. That would be great, men. And then having enough water, that's a given. I'm not going to go too much into that. Just drink your water. Please, please drink water. If you're like, oh, my one of my best friends, Issa, she's like, oh, I just don't like to drink water that much because I just have to pee all the time. Add a little electrolyte and slowly start to increase your water intake through the day. You don't have to have a bunch of water all at one time, but a little bit at a time. And then add a little... Uh, what am I saying? A little electrolyte to it with a little pink sea salt and it will help you to absorb water without just going to the bathroom all the time. Lower the stress levels. Sleep. Sleep I think is where I'm going to end this because I keep coming back to it. Sleep is (sighs) this, I, I mean, conference calls, sleep, hydration, and plants. Like there's really not fucking else, anything else you need. Conference calls, poop, hydration, sleep, and salt, what else did I say? I don't even remember. Those are what you need. You need sleep, and good sleep. And having a really dedicated sleep hygiene is the best way to improve overall in life. Lower stress levels, higher recovery rate, Better mental clarity, mental health, serotonin levels, gut health, conference calls, everything comes back to sleep. So if you are having trouble sleeping, then I recommend checking out some of the Organifi products like I've talked about. I would recommend talking uh, about a little magnesium at night and do your due diligence and try and find a magnesium that is specifically for sleep because some magnesiums are better suited for digestion. Other magnesium uh, supplements are better for sleep. So if you are struggling with sleep, reduce caffeine, reduce screens. So screens, not an hour before bed. Use a little book, have a book, buy a good book. And then reducing caffeine at least 10 hours before you go to bed. 10 or 12 even. So that is, well, not 12, maybe 10. That's what I've got for you today. I didn't realize how in-depth we would go. I actually loved... This episode. I love talking about metabolism. If you have more questions, feel free to DM me. Again, as a holistic nutritionist, I do take on one, uh, approximately two maybe three clients per month. Um, I am taking on clients starting in August, mid August. If you're interested, book a strategy call on my website. Uh, it's a free strategy call to see if my programs are a good fit for you. So I work with women who often, uh, are working out four or five days a week, not seeing any results or they haven't pooped. (laughs) Like they pooped once or twice a week. That's a huge problem. Uh, mild, not mild to moderate weight loss, anywhere from, uh, 15 to 45 pounds working with women who really have a dedication towards health but aren't understanding why things aren't working for them. We want to optimize digestion, elevate your natural energy. Most of my clients tell me that they are exhausted, they're just so tired. And sleep is a huge, huge benefit of working with me. That's been, by and large, one of the biggest advantages that people see when they. Uh, start working with me on these individualized wellness and nutrition programs. Either way, rate five stars on iTunes as well as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure you're following. It is so important, so helpful. I appreciate you guys so much. If this was your first time listening, welcome. I hope that you are back next week. And quick teaser, we are having the medium on. All right. We had an insane conversation about sex. We talked about uh what it's like to be able to speak with spirits what it's be look if you're a skeptic listen next week you will absolutely love this episode thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you next thursday